Today's episode is brought to you by Positively Productive Systems, whose mission is to be the antidote to your stress and to provide compassionate productivity resources and coaching that help you heal and achieve. Be sure to check out both free and paid resources at PositivelyProductive.com resources. You may know that you have too much in your life and you want to clear out and make space for what matters, but you may also feel like you don't know where to start. You may not have the energy to work through a decluttering framework just yet or even work with a coach, but you want to do something. Today's episode will give you the perspective you need along with a super simple technique that will help you take action, build momentum, and move past the stress. You're listening to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Zarotny, founder of Positively Productive Systems and a coach certified in time and stress management, helping overwhelmed clients make space for what matters. Join me each episode as we explore ways to live a more proactive, productive life with topics and guests that speak to simplifying, self-awareness, systems, and so much more. I understand overwhelm personally as a fellow multi-passionate entrepreneur, wife and mom to kids and cats and former caregiver. I'm here to help you choose what's right for you so you can do less, live more and breathe easier. Sound good? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Positively Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa, and today we're going to chat about one of my favorite topics, decluttering. I sometimes wonder if it's an unusual topic for a productivity coach, but when has that ever stopped me? Plus, I have good reason. I know firsthand the negative impact it has on our lives, and I found a way to successfully work through it and with it for myself and my clients. Most importantly, I know it's a foundational focus for being productive and happy. So if I'm keeping your best interest at heart, and that's what I'm here to do, I will keep talking about it. I've shared with you before how I lived with it for years, and I still deal with it in various ways because that's part of life and the seasons of life and changes that come with it, and especially with families. I'm chuckling thinking of a video I saw recently with a woman saying that the simplest way to always keep your house clean and decluttered is not to live with anyone else. (laughs) It's funny. It's a little dark. And it's definitely true, if I'm being honest. And I hope you know that is always my intention with you. So what can we do when life is lifing us and we're trying to keep up with the onslaught? Simplify. Choose less. Do less. Essentially, declutter. Before we talk about decluttering, it's important to define clutter. It is so much more than the physical stuff. In every episode where clutter comes up, And in every interview I do, in every keynote speech I make, I quote Peter Walsh, clutter isn't just the stuff on the floor. It's anything that gets in between you and the life you want to live. Think about that. It encourages us to see clutter beyond the tangible. And it's an important reminder of how what blocks you from the life you want to live has no place being in your life. If clutter is a challenge for you, you may want to check out a few episodes that relate best to today's topic, including episode number two, where I lay out my simple system. It's an acronym for the steps to create your own personalized decluttering approach. Episode 146, where I share my thoughts on how decluttering is self-care. 
and episode number 140, where I give you one simple step to declutter your mind. And while I welcome you to listen to those, I understand that there's also a chance that you may not only feel overwhelmed about the clutter, but also about the decluttering. And that's what today's episode is about. You may know that you have too much in your life and you want to clear out and make space for what matters, but you may also feel like you don't know where to start. You may not have the energy to work through a decluttering framework just yet, or even work with a coach, but you want to do something. Today's episode will give you the perspective you need, along with a super simple technique that will help you take action, build momentum, and move past the stress. The fact is, clutter is stressful. It can overwhelm and distract, signal unfinished work, trigger guilt, block self-care and healthy habits, all too effectively reducing your productivity and your satisfaction. All these things equate to a stress response, and while that's not inherently a bad thing, it can be problematic when it goes too long without any relief. It's the difference between the stress that serves you, called eustress, and the stress that drains you, called distress. I describe all of this in detail in episode 7, but what you need to know for today is that too much stress response without the means to recover can take you down and lead to inaction. Conversely, releasing what doesn't serve you can energize you and open your life up to new possibilities. So how can you get started decluttering fast? Well, one of my personal favorites is creating urgency by the age-old technique of having company over. Man, that lights fire under you, doesn't it? But that's more of a scramble and cram things in closets kind of approach. Ask me how I know. So I have a better idea. Today, I'm sharing a technique you can use repeatedly that is simple and far more effective. Reverse decluttering. I have to tell you, I'm not sure if this is actually a thing, but I'm totally making it one now if it isn't. And I do know that I'm not the only professional organizer out there to have used the term. Most of what I see on the interwebs about this uses the concept for physical decluttering, but today I'm going to give you tips on using it for lots of different clutter. Reverse decluttering, simply put, is the idea of removing everything first and then bringing back only what belongs. The technique can be used for any kind of space, from kitchen cabinets to moving houses to your photo collection and more, and I've used it twice now for moves. It's highly effective and a lot easier than how we normally approach things. Years ago, when it was time to provide care for my mother 24-7, I moved her in with us. I was pregnant, and I had the task of cleaning out her huge house, my family home. And the property included outbuildings as well. So the simplest way to approach this Herculean task was to identify only what would go to the new location. In this case, I walked through every part of the house. I went with her. We labeled what was to be moved. And then once we knew what would belong in her new home, we were then able to deal with the remaining items fairly easily. I had friends and family take what they wanted, brought in buyers for antiques, and then had an on-site auction for everything that remained. So that's a large-scale example. But the reason it was so effective is because it was focusing on what belonged in a specific space, which is a much smaller percentage of the full amount that you're dealing with. And that's a big part of what causes so much overwhelm. When we're trying to make decisions and stay focused, the scope of our project matters. 
Reverse decluttering helps us reduce that scope to something workable, and it also focuses on the positive, which is encouraging and energizing. It's why I use the phrase, make space for what matters. In this case, we have the space opened up, and then we fill it with what matters instead of focusing on what doesn't and trying to remove that. Reverse decluttering also works well in helping your brain understand that decluttering doesn't necessarily mean getting rid of things, but rather identifying what belongs. When you start with an open space, an empty canvas, if you will, you're training your brain to see the possibilities instead of the problems. This is where the idea of creating a world you want to live in becomes a practical, doable option. And how incredible is that? Reverse decluttering is likely easiest to understand when you think of something like a hallway closet and a little more challenging when you think about something like your calendar. So let's go through the types of clutter and how reverse decluttering can apply. In my original declutter episode, I identified types of clutter as physical, mental, digital, and information and tasks as two that overlapped with the others. For the sake of this discussion, we'll focus on physical, mental, and digital, combining information with digital and tasks with mental. And uh, I'll describe each as we go. In order to reverse declutter, you need to decide one critical thing, which is part of my simple system framework, but we're only focusing on the one part. Just so you know, the S is for setting up in terms of setting aside time, making a plan, and getting the tools and the help you need. So that makes sense. But the I is what's truly critical. The I is for identifying what the space is intended for and using that as a filter for what belongs and what doesn't. That's how you're going to make the choices. You need to have that in mind, and then you can proceed. Let's start with the physical clutter, which I think is the most obvious to us. It's tangible, the kind you see that you live around, or sometimes it lives around you. To reverse declutter, you remove all the physical objects from the space and decide which of those items will return and where. And also, it's important to make this distinction. The which items is the decluttering. The where is the organizing. So focus first on the which, the choosing the items. Then you can worry about how they're going to work in the space, although the two do go together. Taking everything out of a space can feel like a lot, which is why it works so well when you move, because you were going to do that anyhow. But you can do it in your current space by starting small, like a hall closet or a bathroom or even something like your kitchen. This approach works best when you have a temporary area to remove the items to, such as a living room with space that you don't have to use or a spare bedroom, a garage, or even a protected outside area if weather permits. This technique can work very well in conjunction with a planned tag sale or a donation pickup. When you have all the items removed, you sort through them for only what goes back in the space. Then you can work through the remaining items for what belongs elsewhere. Maybe it was something that was just misplaced or items that you want to gift or sell. And then those that you would donate, recycle, or trash. Unlike clutter in the physical space, where stacks of papers and books and clothing can be seen, digital clutter hides so much better. It's insidious. It's easy to ignore, but if you are ready to take it on, you can reverse declutter very simply. 
First, decide what the space is and what you want to use it for, like a specific folder in a shared drive or hard drive or your email inbox. Now, create a separate folder or even an external hard drive where you place all the data in question. So again, you're pulling it all out from the space. So then you pull back the files that you want to keep. This is also an excellent way to sort all those photos. Pull them all together and then cull them, placing them where they belong. With digital files, you can use things like sorting and tagging to very quickly identify the files you want to keep. And then once you remove them, you can delete the rest. By the way, just want to point out, make backups when you do this. But that's one of the benefits of having one big folder or one big file that collects information. You can easily make a backup and then you can use the one that you first started with to sort. Another quick note. I mentioned your calendar earlier when I was describing the distinctions between physical space and digital or mental and realized that's actually a bit trickier and it may be its own category, a new category I might be creating here with you that I'll call time clutter. While I realize you can't realistically wipe your calendar clean and start over, I do want you to look at your calendar next week or next month as you are making more appointments and consider what you want to include first and foremost. Think about what has to be there, what you want to be there, and then how much time that will take. Then that will help you understand how much time is really left for the other things that you might have allowed. Now we're moving on to mental clutter. Mental clutter can be thoughts like, I should, I'm supposed to, I need to, that take up a lot of space in your mind. Those thoughts trigger shame and guilt and can be the cause of other types of clutter. Mental clutter can also be ideas and tasks as well. Would it surprise you to think that you can use reverse decluttering as a technique for these? Well, it's actually how my focus file, otherwise known as mind sweep or brain dump, you might call it, how that approach works, which I go through with you in episode 140. When you take everything from your mind, put it in a trusted place, and then process only what you need, that's reverse decluttering. For ideas and tasks, you want to use the mind sweep technique. You're listing out all the tasks and ideas that have your attention so you can determine where they need to go which could include going for good because sometimes it seemed like a good idea at the time and we don't need it anymore. For the worries and the stories of the mind, that bit more emotional clutter, you can reverse declutter by journaling them all out and allowing yourself to review them, acknowledge them, and then identify what you want in your mental space each day. These stories can act like unwelcome guests hogging the TV and eating your favorite snacks and just being so annoying. It's time to boot them out and only allow in the kind who show up with food and clean up after themselves. No matter what area of your life you are decluttering, it always comes back to asking, what belongs? I encourage you to choose what's best for you. As always, I'd love to know, what do you think about this topic? Does this feel doable? Where are you going to start if you start with reverse decluttering? And if you found benefit in this episode, it would be such a gift to me if you would share it with others. Let's spread the word about simplifying, reverse decluttering, and being encouraged to know that it doesn't have to be that difficult to get so much benefit. Remember also, you can access the Focus File worksheet for free 
on the Positively Productive website, positivelyproductive.com, and you can access all the worksheets plus mini trainings and a lot of bonuses in the resources vault at positivelyproductive.com slash vault. Thank you for joining me today. Your time is precious and limited, and I'm honored you chose to spend it with me. If you have feedback, questions, or want to schedule a chat, head to positivelyproductive.com slash connect. And if you are looking for any of the resources referenced on the podcast, from books to products to training and more, go to positivelyproductive.com slash resources.